Every Man Podcast. Every man, every day, every way. This is what we do, Brother Jay. You know what I'm every, saying? Every man draft spectacular. <laughs> the draft spectacular. That's right. We're here. We're live. We're back together again for a uh, a guestless edition of the Everyman Podcast this week. Yep. Yes, At indeed. The original, the original lineup, I should say. We've had a <laughs> we've had a great uh, couple couple weeks here talking to some really incredible people. We've uh, learned a lot from everything from uh, the day in the life of a world class producer to an NFL youngster. To uh, you know, a drummer and master of time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's it's been it's been wild. So we uh, we're here to kind of just uh, catch up and talk about the uh, NFL draft of 2019 from Nashville, which Daryl was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and before we before we get to that, I want to plug a few items here. Um, if you haven't checked us out yet on our Facebook, check us out at the Everyman Podcast. We're on Twitter at Podcast Everyman. And Instagram, the Everyman Podcast, um, and that's where you can see some extra content that uh, we get from our little field trips and uh, posts for our shirts and merchandise and things like that. So go ahead and check that out. And of course, if you're enjoying the show and you've enjoyed these interviews, subscribe on SoundCloud, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and uh, we'll be coming to Stitcher very soon, which is a pretty cool new platform for us. So, Mr. Campbell, who, Mr. J. What happened in Nashville? Oh, bro. Uh, so much happened. I had a lot of fun, man. Met a lot of people. Um, and I think, honestly, and um, I just really enjoyed myself. Um, draft was crazy. You were trying to get me to get uh, some of that crazy chicken, which I did. Um, I uh, found found my way to some pulled pork, some, some crazy chicken, and... Uh, had a hefty, a bevy of different uh, magnanimous proportioned meals. How was that hot there. chicken? How was well, that? Well, you know chicken? what? Um, I'm going to tell you that uh, it was flavorful, it was robust, and it uh, it definitely hit the spot because uh, I'm going to be honest. As soon as I got through eating it, I slept for about eight hours straight. It just really just hit me hit me where it was supposed to, uh, in the right way. In the did right way. Job. Did his job. Definitely did his job. But um, met a lot of people. Um, I was down there on assignment with NFL Films doing some youth football, play football initiatives for the league. Uh, got a chance to interview a bunch of different uh, parents of some great players. Uh, Yolanda Tate, uh, who was Golden Tate's uh, mom with the Giants. Annie Apple, Eli Apple's mom with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, who was just an unbelievable lady super super energetic and loves her son to pieces um and uh yeah you know just doing some everyman stuff bro spreading the everyman way just spreading the love man just spreading the love i'm sure i'm sure you made a lot of friends it doesn't surprise me you're everywhere you go you make friends it's something we've got in common <laughs> yep yep and uh also found uh you know me i got to i got to keep my pump on they got to got to stay big got to stay yeah. swole did they have enough weight for you at the gym this time? Well, I mean, I went to a place uh, called uh, Go Performance out there in uh, downtown Nashville, and um, they had enough weight. I- I'd-, I'd say at least for the bench they did. So 
I was able to get a, a few reps of, you know, 425 off the chest there after doing uh, 28 reps of 285. But I'm not going to I'm not going to quibble over that. It's just, you know, it's just how I roll. And um, got some squat action in there. Stopped around five, six hundred pounds, you know, for 15. It's just what I do. And, um, you know, it's that's just how we do everything. You know how this works. It's you know how the traps and the forearms set up. I mean, it just works like that, man. It's like action grip with G.I. Joe's. You can't turn that off. It's just how it is. You have to work them together. Mm -hmm. Have to be. Have to be. Coalesce. Coalesce. See, I, I, luckily for me, I don't have that problem of running out of plates at the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm able to make do with, uh, you know, with, with yeah. what, I've, what, what I usually find. Uh, but um, it brings me to something that I've noticed um, that, you know, we could touch on here with, with the Everyman universe is that, you know, the world isn't really built for every man. It's not. It's not built for this every man, Daryl Campbell. That's for sure. It's not. It's not. There. There are so many different examples. Um, one would be, you know, even traveling into Nashville, I had to be assisted with the extra uh, seatbelt clip for the uh, the seat. There. It was. Uh, it's. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. It's. It's a little bit embarrassing until they realize just how massive I am and that molded seating isn't made for 300 plus pounds, six foot four plus guys in yeah. the universe. And it's not, it's not really, you know, like, I mean, triangular features. I mean, I have it. It's, it's like a l- little V it's a bigger V that goes in the middle, but at the same big time, v. Yeah, it's a big V it's a v. Let's big just be v. honest. Um, and my thighs are kind of like, you know, one of them is the size of two people's like normal Powerful. thighs. And it's just kind of how it is. Yeah. I mean, you already know what it is. <laughs> you know, you already know <laughs> one legged leg press, 28 plates. That's how I get down. That's right. Have the videos to prove it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so the extra the extra clip on the uh, the the, the seat there, the extra buckle, they got to roll that thing out, clip so it on for you. Do, you. do you have to sit in the safety aisle, like the the emergency exit aisle? Well, what they what they typically try to do is they tell me they use two hands. They're like, hey, you know, you, you just <laughs> stay right here. I know that uh, your your ass cheek is on the left. Uh, your left ass cheek is on the top of the left uh elbow pad there but um you stay right here try to be as comfortable as you can and we'll see if we can find an exit row that at least give you leg room can't do anything for the bandwidth you need for that 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 clip you know that 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 clip but we'll just roll out a tuft of of, of extra seat belt for you so you can be comfortable <laughs> and secure uh, while you're fifty thousand feet in the air you know yeah. don't want you tossing around and bring an and extra cargo strap up Oh yeah, that's what you have to do. That's it. Um, it's alarming at first, but then you kind of like you know, simmer down. You simmer I'm sure, down. I'm sure you're used to it by now. I'm just surprised that they don't have a spotter because like if it were if I had an airline right, and I I had people at the gate and I saw someone of your size come up, mm-hmm. I would just radio ahead and be like, hey, listen, let's just let's plan ahead here. We got a big guy, and it's like you know, let's let's plan accordingly. But it's always uh. It's always an impromptu thing. The the two hands. That's that's how you know they're serious. Yeah, it's really honestly, it's it's mainly American Airlines seat twenty D. That's the one. It's my nemesis. Every time I get twenty D, I always know there's going to be an issue because I won't have enough for me when I get there. And yeah, um, yeah they always you try that to. Point of is what you need. <laughs> it's what you need, man. <laughs> oh, it's crazy. It's absolutely uh-huh. crazy. Well, I'm glad you made it there safe and sound. Oh, for sure. And for back, sure. of course, of course. Yeah. So the 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 draft this year, the the layout I thought was uh, pretty pretty sick. I know um, you know Philly did a really cool 
when they when they had it here and they had a, a lot more people it seemed like but uh, obviously a much bigger city so uh, it's yeah. to be expected but the the Nashville setup looked great so what can you what can you say about that like what was it like uh, down there what was your involvement with getting any of that stuff going and uh, what'd you think about it well, I think um, for the most part, we always do a great job setting up for the draft. We always make sure that the fan engagement is 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 I should say premier, uh, premier level setup, um, and that everybody just has a bunch of fun. Um, for the for the for the most part, the look of it, kind of the whole out, out outside feel, like I said, fan engagement, um, cameras, just I think coverage was was pretty cool way we had everything lit up and stuff like that and then just nashville is just an awesome awesome you know just just city atmosphere i mean just just great a lot of a lot of hills if you gotta walk you know you're gonna get a workout that's that's for sure because this every man was sweating his bag off I'm not gonna lie <laughs> yeah i had a friend who was down there uh for uh, a bachelorette party and uh, she said that it was it was a great time and and the whole thing was just uh crazy but in a good way and everybody was super polite yeah. and that's a little bit of that that southern charm you get. And I've got some buddies that have moved down there uh, in the music business because that's mm-hmm. kind of where it's centered now. And uh, everybody said the same thing that the NFL was great to have there, and uh, I'm sure they're looking forward to having them back. And I really liked the. I mean, the look of it looked like a kind of like a festival or a carnival or something. And it had like a a different vibe oh, to yeah. it in the last couple of drafts. Mm-hmm festivities were great the hospitality of just about everybody down there from vendors to just you know passers-by was it was was fantastic everybody was nice you know like that just that just southern hospitality man you can't you can't go wrong with that and then also got to talk about me and you and the cosmic canoe here uh because you know what you always talk about the charm and everything and how you know people just kind of flock to that 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 vibe of positivity which we pump on the every man podcast the every man charm and dude like i'm telling you just being positive goes a long way, dude. It, it, as you know, in the hotel, dude, get four free water bottles, man, some chips, you know, uh, my favorite Reese's, and then also, also, Mountain Dew, bro. You yeah. know, if there's anything more cosmic, I mean, you know my relationship with Mountain Dew. Right, and it's, and, and it's an important aspect of the Everyman podcast and Everyman to. lifestyle is Mountain Dew. Uh, all varieties, Baja Blast, Game Fuel. Yeah. Uh, you need the, it. Yeah, I mean every single one, even the even the old timey one with the uh, the black label one, mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I want to circle back to something you just mentioned there. What is your favorite Reese's? Uh, my favorite Reese's. Well, because now depends. there's so many, I have like a hierarchy of. Like, if, if we if we if we talk small form factor, let's go with Reese's Pieces. I love that. There's right. so many in a, in, a, in a massive bag, and then if we're just that used I, to I be think, all you got either too. It was just Reese's cup or Reese's Pieces for the yeah. longest time. But you know they've transformed. They got like they have like the regular extra large version of the Reese's pieces, right? And then they have the big cup. It literally says big yep. cup on the package. Yep. And it's like four Reese's in one. And it's amazing. Yeah. The, the, and you can get the ice cream one, which is about the size of a pie. And I've consumed that by myself, both pieces. Don't tell my wife. <clears throat> yeah, sometimes you need one. I, I like the I'm partial to the cookie ones. The cookie ones are pretty sweet, mm-hmm. and uh, and also the mini cups. Those are my favorite. The mini cups in the bag. It's like the, they're like the oh, the yeah, size. I forgot about the mini the, cups. The mini cups are the but not the ones that are wrapped in foil. No, those no, have, no. I know what you're They have a different. About. They have a different peanut butter to Absolutely. chocolate ratio. The mini cups are where it's at for me. Oh my god! Uh, but that's, yeah, I use you know, those like sprinkles on my ice cream. Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Why not? It's just like yeah, it's just a little touch of Reese's on anything. I, I can <laughs> do it. Right. I can do it. Yeah. So so. 
every man life was uh, was fulfilled down in Nashville. You got your food, you got your workout, mm-hmm. you had, uh, of course, your 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 grind, and uh, and you and I, of course, made time to podcast and uh, work on the every man uh, thing that we have coming up here. So we've Absolutely. got a lot of. This is just the beginning, and we've been talking about that, and uh, we've got some really cool stuff coming down the bend here. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the band that was playing? <sighs> hmm. We got a well. What, what did you think about it? Let me get your let me get your opinion. So first. I really liked the fact that they had something different, mm-hmm. and I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Like I always think. It's so like well, growing up, I I identified the draft as like Radio City, right? Right. The being in Radio City Music Hall, that was the thing, New York. And then in years prior to that, it was like the smoky basement of like, you know, <laughs> and it's just, just all these old dudes just literally smoking and drinking yeah. and like picking up the phones and then making deals and announcing the the draft picks. Um, so to see like the I think after they got rid of the, the when they moved on from Radio City there's been kind of like there was like some growing stage pains there a little bit growing pain things there were like yeah. in Chicago it was a little weird and then like they didn't know what they want but now they I think this year they figured out that what the draft should be is like it should be like a festival of football yeah. you know and like something where you go to a town and you just engage with the city and it's mm-hmm. like i think they figured out that like the thursday night friday night thing is really cool right um so the the broadcast was was excellent and uh was much more watchable than years past because ultimately it's all speculation until these mm-hmm. young men uh put the put the helmets on question. Um, so to talk about you know to speculate for nine hours on end is <laughs> that is a skill you, my you, friend. Need, you need a band when you're speculating yeah. like <laughs> you're gonna be speculating all day and all night you need to have some music so i thought you know it's nashville it's music city right. you have like that you know it was kind of uh you know the like the ultimate cover band and they're playing some cool stuff yeah. now the 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 mix that i heard was either they either had all band and nothing else or mm-hmm. all crowd and no band. So right. like you would either hear you're either hearing the band from the PA from the crowd mics right or just too much band. So they right. who they need I would have liked to seen that a little differently, but I enjoyed right. it. So I, I thought the band was pretty good, but I think there was, may have been some miscommunication with the production, but it was still great. Yeah, it was still great. Still, you know, a, a nice little, you know, unique trinket that they added in there that again and engagement is the thing, fan engagement, getting them involved, getting them shaking the, you know those those no lie hips that Shakira talks about. So you know, do not lie. The crowd yeah. seemed pumped about it, and like oh, yeah. I thought it was cool. Like each each player kind of had a different song. You know, when they were coming out, it was like you know the the wrestling fan in me enjoys that, and like I also thought the one shot that they were uh, attempting to do most of the time coming from the player on the phone and they were doing the one shot through the hallway, which was very dramatic to the reveal on the stage. Very cinematic, most excellent. My, my, uh, my commendations to the chef in in charge of that. (laughs) Nice. Nice. But, uh, yeah. So, so let's talk about the draft. So Kyler Murray went number one overall. That's something we were talking about. um, Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I can't say we're surprised. I'm surprised. Um, well, you know, I mean, 
the the best players get chosen. You know what I mean? That's they right. get picked. And, you know, you have him going to the Cardinals, you know, one overall. I mean, we can talk about that. And we can also talk about that uh, that really sweet pin, pink uh, pinstripe suit that he, he had great. on. I mean, he did look great. The, he was, he the, was sharp, man. He uh, he looked great. He looked confident. He looked like he knew he was going number one overall. Oh, yeah. And they made a big deal about, uh, you know, him being whatever his height is, 5'10", three quarters, you know, being the, the smallest and, you know, Oklahoma having two back-to-back number ones. And it's all it's all very cool. But at the, at the end of the day, it's like I said, it's all speculation. We don't really want to speculate on who's going to do well and who's not going to do well because that's just not really what the everyman is all about. No, I mean, you, we're all about positivity, man. We're all about, you know, these young men coming into their own coming into their own here at the draft, um, you know, setting up their, their futures financially for their families and then, and also just um, their playing careers. I mean, this is a time for them to remember, uh, remember, to revere, to just, you know, go all ham every man style into this thing. So that's right. Um, I'm proud of every last one of these guys. I swear, like um, Kyler Murray, he was a small guy, met him at uh, met him at the combine, got a chance to shake his hand, hug him up. He is. He's a small guy, but, you know, I wish him well, especially in Arizona. Um, also got a chance to catch up with the, with the um, 13th overall pick, uh, Christian Wilkins, who uh, went to Miami, defensive tackle uh, from the, the Clemson Tigers. Really, really awesome young man. Gigantic, man. <laughs> but, you know, he's, he's right around my size, if not an inch taller. But uh, he's the guy that did the kind of like jump and leap into Rod, Rod yeah. Goodell's arms. Um, was really elated for him. Um, smart kid, uh, has his head on straight, um, uh, very, very frugal kid too. Um, got a chance to talk to him about like how he sets up his financial future and, uh, you'll like, you'll love this, uh, brother Jay, uh, saved $15,000 while being at Clemson, uh, as a, you know, an odd jobs as a substitute teacher and just, uh, kind of, you know, doing it every man style, man. So, it's incredible. You, know, you know, big kudos to him, man. See, and that's that's what I love these kind of stories, and uh, you know, we I want to be the one to 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 help tell them because, you know, that's not like the real sexy story to be telling about a young guy coming out of college, you know, um, being being uh, frugal and wor- worrying about his future like that, and, and working hard, and when he doesn't necessarily have to. Oh no! Um, so I think that's really really cool, um, and and really that this the tale of the top ten, um, well, it's two things. Uh, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Is is a guy that we talked about. Uh, if you go back in the archives to our combine episode, you will hear us talk in detail about all these players um, and where we thought that uh, how they might do and, and where they might go. And really, we talked in, in depth about their um, measurable statistics and physical mm-hmm. traits. Which, with somebody like Daryl having experience in that, it's, uh, it's something great that you should check out. So you can check that out in the archives on SoundCloud. However. Quarterback Daniel Jones out of Duke was oh, taken by the New York Giants at number six. And you would have thought that um, the sky was falling if you turned on uh, various uh, sport networks. That, you know, this guy was the end of modern football as we know it because he's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they're expecting. So I just wanted to talk about, you know, what, what we think about him and, and where what do you think about that pick? Well, I'm not I'm not surprised. I was um I was at the I was at the combine. 
I saw Daniel Jones up close and in person. I saw all of the the throws that he was able to make. And you know what? I think a first round pick is commiserate with his skill set. So if we if if I can rewind the tape a little bit here and just talk about, you know, Daniel Jones and they're bringing him into New York Giants to be Eli Manning's, you know, successor. I came out uh when I came out in the, the draft right before tearing my ACL, before the uh, 03 draft, before draft, um, uh, I was under the same agency as Eli Manning, Ben Watson. We're all in that same class, uh, draft class. We all went down to IPI Institute in Bradenton, Florida. We trained together. I've seen Eli Manning up close and personal as well. So to know that you have somebody like Daniel Jones that can make all of the long accuracy throws, the short accuracy throws, he has the arm strength, he has the touch. Uh, he has the release at the top of his drop. He can move in the pocket, outside of the pocket. He's not a burner, obviously, like, you know, Colin Murray, but at the same time, he can move. He can throw on the move. He has poise. He can handle pressure. I mean, I can go up and down the list of all the tangibles and intangible that intangibles that he possesses. It's He's very deserving of the pick. So I know there's a lot of backlash, a lot of, you know, Reddit uh, marauders out there to think that uh, he, he shouldn't have gone where he is. But, uh, again... We don't like to speculate here. I can only tell you what I've seen up close and personal, and he'll have to do the rest come game day. And and I know we don't like to speculate, but I do have a have a have a question about Daniel Jones from one of our listeners. Uh, Fishtown Tony wants to know who's going to last longer in the league: Clayton Thorson, uh, the draft pick by the Philadelphia Eagles, or Daniel Jones. Hmm. Well. I'd like to say I think Daniel Jones would probably last a little bit longer only because I look at him as a 10-plus year type QB. You know what I mean? Uh, Thornton, not so much. I think he might have a, you know, he'll have a decent career, but I just don't think he'll have the longevity like, say, um, Daniel Jones, who, who, who has the entire gamut of skills, tangibles, intangibles to be a 10 plus year QB in the NFL. That's just my honest, that's my opinion. So that's, that's fair. That's a fair yeah. assessment. And and I think, uh, you know, one of the players that the, this situation really reminds me of, uh, because a lot of people were comparing the pick by the Washington Redskins, uh, of Dwayne Haskins later on as, as the, as the player that the giants should have taken, uh, opposed to Daniel Jones. Um, he's a sexy pick. Right, he's the he's the Corvette, and he's he's obviously you know he he comes from a team where and a program at Ohio State where they had some of the top recruits in the nation for the last however many years under Urban Meyer. So Look. I think to compare what what Dwayne Haskins did in college, and I'm not I'm not a big college uh, statistician or expert, but uh, just my little understanding of this is that. Uh, you know, you can't compare somebody who played with zero NFL prospects to a guy who played with uh, a lot of guys who are going to be in the league uh, this year, and that you know have been at that. You know, they're they're already. It's a different talent level that he's dealing with. He reminds me of, like Joe Flacco coming out of Delaware because everybody was yeah. like, uh, "Who's this guy? Why are they taking him in the first round?" Is he really? It's like, well, yeah, he's not. He's not the most obvious pick, but I think based on what the Giants need, they felt that they couldn't wait to get him you know at 17 so like if 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 i'm like if i if i were just take this back a second brother jay like this we can make this really easy right so i was at the combine right i saw all of these guys perform dwayne haskins included 
So if you have somebody like Daniel Jones, who's coming from a, from an institution that he didn't have nearly as many NFL caliber type guys to throw to, if he can go into the combine and throw, make every throw to those future NFL hopefuls and Dwayne Haskins goes to the combine and doesn't make all the throws to those future NFL hopefuls. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, I'm just saying. Right. And, and I think the, of, of all the franchises in the NFL, there's certain ones that seem to be uh, successful consistently. The green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, New York giants, Pittsburgh Steelers, and lately the Eagles have kind of popped into that that crew. But really it's because of their success in the draft and they make good choices. So to all the, the Giants fans out there, I think you can be a little easy on your boy, Daniel Jones, and give him an opportunity because I think um, they have a plan for him. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's – my call is that he's going to be starting at some point this year. Uh, and I think he's going to be pretty successful. You think about those organizations, Brother Jay, Pittsburgh Steelers – as well they have qbs they get personnel their personnel departments do a great fantastic job you know why because they bring people there they're a lunch pail kids man they come in they got the hard hat on they're ready to work they're ready to grind that's exactly what we are for the everyman and that's why i think daniel jones is going to be another successful nfl quarterback uh for many years to come agreed the next big top uh story in the top 10 was of course my uh my favorite team the pittsburgh steelers moving up in a trade with the Broncos to ultimately close the uh, Mr. Big Chess saga, uh, a.k.a. Antonio Brown, a.k.a. A.B., um, when they drafted Devin Bush with the 10th overall pick out of Michigan. And uh, obviously we could talk about his his 4-4 speed and his ability to play on, you know, in the, in the backfield, get after the quarterback, stop the run, and also side-to-side side on the field. But I really want to talk about his outfit that he oh, wore. We have to talk about that Ben Hur composite. Let's that, do that. That is some serious <laughs> high fashion right now. And uh, while I don't personally dabble in the high fashion uh, myself, I do find it interesting. Yeah. And uh, that's something that the Virgil Abloh has gotten all the cool guys into thinking is necessary, which is this uh, Louis Vuitton mm-hmm. men's holster corset. Which yeah. is essentially, um, I don't know, some sort of bondage gear that you wear yeah. with a, with, a, with a really expensive suit. I, it's the only way I can describe it. Uh, it's the type of fashion that screams, "I don't want to take this off." That's that's pretty much what it screams. And, Honestly, um, it screams, "I don't know how to take it off." Because <laughs> I'm looking at it, I can't figure out <laughs> where the buttons or the the buckles are attached. You know, who knows where that thing goes. I only I feel like you're only supposed to have buckles and buttons on like your pants, not like on your full body suit. It's just, you know, again, I, here's the thing. And and brothers, we've talked about this when we talk about the swag and the shoes and hey, man, when you're a little smaller, there's certain things you can get away with. Big man like myself, I can't wear that without somebody probably wanting to, I don't know, maybe take me to an institution. Like it's just it's just one of those things. He can get away with it. He's small. He's the first up. Uh, he's he's a draft. Like he's just. I mean, he's he five eleven, five eleven, two twenty five. I mean, that's that's too. In my opinion, that's too big to be wearing a leather, a white leather holster. Yeah, it's just. I mean, again, uh, and even you know, uh, the, the 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 
the draft coverage, they were trying to figure out whether or not he was wearing a sling or if it was just, you know, part of the, uh, I don't know. So uh, I thought it was a sling too. I was like, dude, did he come out here hurt? Like that is not good for his image. But then I, I found out of course that it was just, you know, kind of like two face type deal going on with the, you know, black and well, white. I know situation. he's going to, with that, he's also don't sleep on his haircut either. No, we can't, we can't forget he's got, that. He's got like a, kind of like a box fade with a ponytail. Very long, <laughs> with a long add, ponytail, all the way down to the it lower almost, lumbar. <laughs> almost looks like it's a clip-on ponytail, but it's real. And it is real. He, he's going to fit in great with James Conner because yep. he's got the ridiculous hair as well. Yep. And uh, you know, Juju likes to wear his Louis Vuitton uh, Supreme sweatshirts and stuff. So uh, at practice, so the, he's going to fit in just fine with those yep. young young guys. Mm-hmm. And and, and I think I, I think they got themselves uh, somebody that. Um, is going to be a, a fixture of their defense. They obviously missed Ryan Chazier a lot last year on the field, right. and uh, I think he's going to be in there to 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 uh, fill that gap. And I say that this closes up the AB saga because, of course, they were able to leverage the third uh, round pick that they got from Oakland uh, into being able to make this deal, so that they, you know, could still do their Steeler thing. So. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Um, I wanted to see what you thought about uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, they traded with the Ravens in the first round, uh, up to twenty-two, to take Andre Dillard, uh, offensive tackle out of Washington State. What did you uh, make about him? Well, I mean, he's got good feet. Um, he's got good spatial awareness. Uh, he's got, you know, good. Uh, I want to say uh, first attack hands. You know what I mean? So he keep those defensive linemen off his body and protect the QB. I mean, that's what we need. Here in Philadelphia, we need somebody to keep uh, Carson Wentz upright and not on the ground. So, yeah. Right. And I, I think that's they've obviously committed to uh, Carson Wentz when they let Mr. Uh, Mr. Foles take his energy down south to Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. keeping him keeping him healthy is, is, is what I'm hoping for. And uh, obviously, as Fishtown Tony uh, recommends, they've got uh, their boy Clayton back there just in case now. So mm-hmm. good, good on you, Fishtown Tony. um and then i'm always watching uh you know the the family of the browns because i was i was deep down the my my uh my more bitter steeler fan side i was hoping this the steelers would take hollywood brown out of oklahoma just to be a dick right but they didn't which makes sense it's also very steelery is to not uh you know do stupid things like that but he went to the baltimore ravens in the first round i feel like that i would i don't know i felt like he might go in the second round but uh what do you think about him well, um, you, you know, Baltimore definitely needs uh, some more some more uh, receivers to, you know, I should say, uh, make their offense a bit more dynamic, uh, especially out of the slot. I can see him. I, I can see him as a guy that uh, kind of goes back and forth from that, you know, number one, number two spot to uh, to change it up for defensive coverages. So, um, yeah, I think that works out for them, too. Do you think that uh, the Patriots made themselves any better with that pick uh, with Nikhil Harry out of Arizona State? Listen, we we've talked about this. We've talked about this with Mangini. <laughs> we've talked about this amongst ourselves as to what the Patriots are and what it is that they do. They're the best in the business. Uh, they have you know situational football in mind with everybody that they 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 select. So I think. As, as far as them having to get someone, they did a great job. Uh, I think they're 
There are many different polls that have, you know, their draft class is probably the number one in the, in, in, in the draft or number two, at least in the top five. Um, but Bill Belichick is a mastermind. He knows who he needs to surround uh, Tom Brady with to, to go for number seven, man. <laughs> That's just all it is to it. He's on the Cincinnati, bro. <laughs> he is, <laughs> for man. For real. For real. <laughs> Like, did you, I mean, did you see like just like like the the there were the call to these guys like he's just like, hey uh, uh Jawan Williams uh, just just wanted to let you know that um that you're a patriot hang up like 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 that's just what it is man like it's it's on to the next thing we got our guy we're moving on that's it it's business like yeah that's it's I I can only respect it now and and I mean we went over it in, in detail last week. Um, was there anything that stuck stuck out to you as particularly surprising in in the draft this year at all? I'm trying to think what was surprising. What was surprising? Um, you know, nothing comes to mind. I think based upon the guys that we went over, from what I've seen. And you know what? I'm not too much into the social realm with respect to what people believe is surprising. You know, nothing takes me, you know, by surprise, especially given the fact that I get I got a first chance look to see all of these guys, every position, every draft pick, work in person, uh, workouts at the combine. So, you know, you know, I pretty much already had a good shake as to where these guys would fall. Some of them, you know, some of them made it, some of them didn't. Most of them did, though. So. That's good. And I know our boy DK Metcalf made it to the Seahawks, which is, I think, a great place for him uh, to kind of have time to grow. I feel like anywhere else he would have probably been asked to do too much. Um, and uh, I think he, he's a guy that'll that'll develop into a nice, nice player. And then he can open up his cheese restaurant, which uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to. But for sure. One one guy that uh, obviously is, is uh, you know, my Steelers that I'm really looking forward to that uh, they have a tendency of getting – really good wide receivers late in the in the draft mm -hmm. and i th and they picked up a guy this year in the third round uh off that pick that they got from the raiders deontay johnson out of toledo mm -hmm. and when you when you watch this guy he is he's a freak and yeah. his he's sometimes 15 yards ahead of people uh in his highlights when you watch him uh small guy really looks kind of ab-esque so right. i look i look forward to him uh kind of carrying that that Steeler mantle of late round gems. With that, with him, I, I just think acceleration and just short area quickness, man. The type of guy that you're looking at him on the catch, and the next thing you know, he's in the end zone, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> That's the type of guy he is. So, yeah, for like sure. a, almost like a Deshaun Jackson type. Oh, like they got to steal. Yeah, and P, I know, I know, a lot of teams were hoping to get him late. I don't quite understand why he he fell uh later in the in the draft but you know i'm no professional uh scout as i was told this week by fishtown tony so um <laughs> <laughs> well i mean it's 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 weird right brother jay you have a guy like dk metcalf that goes you know in the second round to the to, to, to the seahawks and then you have a you know a guy like jeffrey simmons who's a defensive tackle towards acl like two you know months ago and he goes in the first round it's like whoa <laughs> how does that but Here's the thing. One thing I love about the draft is teams will show you what they think about the prospects that are out there. They don't have to tell you about it. They don't have to, you know, you know, get on, you know, uh, Reddit boards or do it on social media. They'll just go ahead and show you exactly what they think. And you know what? That causes a chain reaction, which, you know, causes people to either rise or fall. And that's just kind of how the chips land, you know? 
I feel like there's only a couple people that you ever really know are definitely NFL players when they walk through the door. Because, yeah. I mean, when you start seeing these people up close and you realize the size of them, you don't know what somebody's going to do when they get hit. Like, you know, the, like and by NFL-sized people. So you, you don't know what's going to happen with somebody like Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones or Drew yeah. Locke or any of these guys until they, they suit up and they and they get in there because it's it's the ultimate um, equalizer, the NFL. Yeah. And, and you're either – you're either up or down and they'll sort it out real quick. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it's kind of hard as a fan to be patient and everybody wants to get their two cents in, but in the spirit of positivity and really just respect out of what these guys are, have done to this, get to this point and what they're about to put themselves through to get to the next mm-hmm. level, which is making that 53 man roster. Right. You got to appreciate the the grind that they all are about to embark on. Um, you know what? That, that's the one thing I think about because as many of these guys that come in, uh, so few of them are actually going to make it onto the field this year. You know, they'll start dropping in mini camp, rookie mini camps, and somebody will pop an Achilles, and somebody will do this, and it's just, it's the nature of the game, and that's why you have to. It's almost like point and pray to a certain extent. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Like you got to think. Um... <laughs> And you you made a really really good point there. These guys still have to make it, man. You know what I mean? Like they still have to make the fifty three man roster. It's not like, you know, it's just going to happen by them being, you know, on a team. Guys get drafted, free agent acquisitions. You know, these guys are all vying for jobs. So you know, just like you have these these young cats coming in, the rooks. Um, if you're not, you know, first, second, third round fourth round look like you're not going to get that pass bro so like you have to really work to essentially take another man's job who's in that spot before you that has a family you know that 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 is comfortable in that spot and is looking at you like hey you're a young guy coming here trying to basically take food off the table come on man like you you know they say this now the work begins because it's it's the truth it's the honest to god truth you know um, that's something that people don't, and, and I can't, on the one hand, I, I certainly do not blame fans for having that perspective because that's largely the perspective that's given and shared with the fans is what they see on Sundays and everything like that. And, and the social media stuff, of course, but the, the battle that has to go on now to get that spot and to keep that spot, these guys that are on the fringe or that are fighting to be on the fringe, that's what the NFL is. That's, that's yeah. really where the majority of the NFL lies because not every team, I mean, just think about quarterbacks, right? You don't, you don't have every team that has a, has an all pro quarterback and and people get so jaded so quick when they have an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady or a big Ben or any of these guys. Um, There's maybe six or eight in the league. And then, so from the, I mean, those are the untouchable guys, but outside of that, everyone is their asses on the line. Yeah. Every last one of them, man. Every last one. So, you know, while congratulations, of course, to all the guys in the draft this year, but, you know, it's it's the the, the journey is just beginning for them, and uh, the journey is only beginning for the Everyman podcast. Oh, without question. And, without uh, question. you know, it's it's good to uh, running on a parallel track. So um, I want to I wanna thank you for being a wonderful correspondent, 
uh, slash everyman ambassador that you are and sharing the everyman way and lifestyle and love with the good people of Nashville that you encountered. Thank you kindly. And, uh, Thank you, it's, you know, it's, it's, I was, I was holding down the other end of the every end, uh, every man, uh, antenna up here. So Dude, you always do. And I you gotta, to. gotta throw this out there, man. Really, really proud of my man. Proud of brother Jay here. Just, you know, got a new job here. You know what I'm saying? That's Doing right. it the every man way. You know what I mean? Every grind. Man. We talk about these young men grinding, but my band, my man, brother Jay has been grinding nine to five is going off to a better, bigger, more robust opportunity. With That's respect right. to his regular nine to five, as well as doing the every man to try to, uh, you know, spread that positivity on these airways, man. So, That's right. Thank you, my brother. You, I appreciate it. Love you too, yeah. man. And uh, we love you guys. So if you uh, if you enjoyed it, you want to drop us a line, you know where to find us. And we will catch you next week. Later. Later.